God damn it, dude. I'm trying to reach out. It's fine. It's okay. Hi, Roka. How are you? Loving friends, I just had a magnanimous time at a comedy special that I can't, for whatever reason, um, agree to the name. But I went there, and wow, it was amazing. Just to trust that this comedian retweets me something, because I need that kind of exposure right now. It is a burning, flaming sun of desire and lust and beauty in my world, and so a retweet was It's fine. It's okay. Glorious friend, a new day has dawned. How's your life? How's it going? Wow, you look great. You look um, beautiful. You're doing well. I'm sure you're eating more plant foods and more organic. And also, I bet you're um, getting a little smarter and wiser about things and exercising more, perhaps. You know, do a little yoga. Making something happen with yourself. This is our mystical podcast. It's a very serious. Uh, no, it's a, it's a very it's a podcast that you need to listen to because it's fun to listen to and informative, as well as lightning, spiritual, and mystical, and psychical, and cyclical. I was watching a video about my, well, I have a brachial plexus injury since birth. And so I was learning about nerve and, you know, like how, how does the nervous system regenerate those cells when you get into a uh, accident? And I think I learned that there's many ways, like there's different layers to it, different levels of nerve damage that can happen when you have a something that doctors label as a permanent injury. I don't know if you've watched Doctor Strange, but God damn it, that is such a good movie because Doctor Strange was a surgeon. And then what happened was the nerve endings were in... I guess he wouldn't trust another surgeon to... He, like, it's impossible. It's like an impossibility uh they you know he there was a, a car accident with this uh, doctor strange character 
wherein it happened because he thought that it would be interesting to remove a microchip from a schizophrenic's brain or something. And then, so he made like a, a micro turn, and then he. It was interesting. I don't know. And then he became a mystical wizard beyond what normal humans are capable of and had to defend planet Earth from some sort of demon. And it's great because. I don't know. I guess I related to it a lot in a lot of ways. Not to stutter myself. And also to do that. Enlightenment. Can we talk about enlightenment for a moment? Damn. That's going to be a while, huh? Or it could be like that. Okay, so now back to my story. You know, so when I was birthed into this human human realm, I never had a functional right arm. And so just I once went to a chiropractor. His name was... Dr. Hollis. Dr. Hollis was a very, and probably still is, I trust he's still around there. Give him a call, he didn't pick up. But he's a very knowledgeable person of the human anatomy, for he went to school, the medical side, for eight years, and then studied the chiropractic angle, as well as traveled to China to learn Qigong from the masters. As well as, uh, when he was young, he played a bunch of Dungeons and Dragons and was some sort of dungeon master. Uh, He was like a highly leveled... It's really interesting how they judge those things, you know? Because it's super subjective of like who's winning and who's losing the battle. Because the dungeon master wants people... It's a story. It's like, are you... It's so great. God, I wish I, I trust I will be some sort of dungeon. I tried it for a while. I, uh, I need to get, get a hold of Sixler on Twitch and everything. God, I hope he checks out my Twitch eventually because I keep, sh- you know, he's such. We can make like a dungeon Twitch. Like we could do some dungeon dungeon mastering. I think that would be great. Dungeon mastering? What's it called? Dungeon master, right? It's called something. I'm not gonna look it up. You're the lead, the keep. You're the keep. So I've been studying that, and there was uh, not dungeon master, but nerve cells, nerve endings, how to repair, how to regenerate, like Piccolo and Dragon Ball Z. You know how like Piccolo, when his arm always gets chopped off by the enemy somehow, he can regenerate it like. Instantly, it just—it seems like it, it's a really painful procedure. But then, boom, his arm. So I was thinking, like, I really, God, I'll have to wait until I get a surgeon to like help me with the regeneration process. And that's that seems to be where I'm heading now. But it might not be the case. It might be. Where because you know I would have to get you know a, a good amount of money to finance that, and I just I there's I got medical bills maybe I want to pay those taxes that I might want to pay um, a house somewhere all kinds of things desires, and so I'm doing 
my best. And um, I guess right now I'm just kind of like stretching my right arm and like I don't know. I'm talking to my Reiki master, Magical Matt. Check him out. If if you go to my Twitch stream, you'll be able to find him. And he it was interesting because he told me that you know the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes. Apparently, I didn't watch the Super Bowl. I was live streaming. So I just trusted that, you know, our team would win and I would hear about it and be excited later. And I totally was without watching the game because, I don't know, the game get like, if I watch the game, too much anxiety. I'd be like, oh, don't, you know, I, I thought I would screw up the whole energy of the thing if me watching the, you know, how when every, you know how everything interacts with everything all at once? Yeah, so that's why I didn't watch the game. So when they won, so I did, I made the correct decision. Why would you want me to watch the game, unless you wanted the other team to win? In which case, <laughs> but um, apparently he had like some sort of spinal, like some maybe serious injury, and then the Reiki Masters did some healing work on his spine, and he was able to get in the game super quickly. But, you know, uh, they I, I don't know if they did any x-rays or anything to see how serious it was, how critical. But for sure, energy work works. Healing, uh, meditation, you're doing it for yourself. And if you do it for yourself, then that means it helps everybody because it's the Maharashi effect. Look that up. So when you meditate, you're helping everybody. And, of course, your own, your, um, the, the fact that you're helping yourself is going to be helping everybody and so knowing you need to do other things besides uh, uh you know besides self-indulgence that's it bam you listen you listen jeff bezos how much how much are you paying your works jeff bezos you know there's a uh, hints and rumors about a new third party coming up called a workers party workers like a just like a nationwide union or something like i don't know it would be great if all the third parties would just join you know under one banner so i it it starts because i'm talking to my brother about this and a few um kyle corcoran who was on the podcast check him check that podcast out check my brother's podcast out maybe i need to talk to more right-wingers um, if you're a right winger, come on my podcast. Let's have a let's have a convo about right wing stuff. Yo, how much money you making, bro? <laughs> hey, you got them. You got to advertise. You got to market. You got to market. Where's your market at? Oh, yeah, government should totally stay out of our business. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I said? Taxes. <laughs> Screw that. Anyway, whatever right-wing th- stuff you want to talk about, as long as it's not, you know, social. Because you're, you're not that. If you're right-wing, stop talking about social issues. You, you have, you're you you're right-wing for a reason. You want to be anti-social. A- anyway, uh, <laughs> but I'll still talk with you and get you, get you set straight. And you'll set me straight in ways that I have no idea what it would be. But it would probably be something in terms of, my own personal wealth creation, which would be great. God, that would be so great. 
so anyway, this boat, where is it going? This ghost, this ghost ship, as I sometimes call it, in the realm of Zen, is a uh, ethereal realm, ghostly world where spirits and entities appear and disappear, and that can be in the material realm. Knock on. I don't believe this is polyester. It's way thicker than that. But some kind of material made for gaming. Knock on that. And you will find yourself in bliss. <laughs> I I would imagine. Forgive me if I'm laughing at myself and you think like, Oh, whoa, he's silly. Um, yeah, well, yeah, well, we all are. And I love you. And God, I love all you people. I love every person. I don't think I'm even lying there. Like, there's sometimes people make fun of me. I'm like, oh, I gotta, you know, ship shape up or ignore it. But that doesn't mean I hate anyone. And even if I, like, use that word, I hate you, I would pro- I would mean it, you know, uh, what's the, as a joke. And, and even if I, and so using that as a joke, Usually, like you know, I'm probably I would probably correct myself in the moment. I'd be like, yeah, you know, I'm getting ready. Yeah, I don't really hate. I I was it was, so um, yes. So spiritual side of things, I am a master. You're a master. Ascended masters. We're all ascended masters. We're all enlightened. We're all Buddhas. And at the same time, you know, some people are more enlightened than others about certain things in terms of could be. Uh, spirituality. It could be science. It could be uh, social skills and computers and engineering. And that's where you probably need to connect with in your mind. And then, yeah, swinging it back around at spirituality, it's like energy work. For me, it's, it's all in mental. For some people, it's in their heart. The energy mostly stays in their heart. For other people, it's solar plexus. It's mostly in the solar plexus, so you can detect that through, again, some kind of sensitive empathy, some kind of energetic connection, and we all have little pieces of that here and there where we can hold the energy, because, you know, since the mental energy is in my head, maybe I cause more headaches to people when I'm talking or maybe if i'm not talking and i'm completely silent i'm actually like alleviating their brain energy so that they can meld into bliss in their head without having to take an advil every day or a tylenol or a whatever the hell kind of pharmaceutical crud is only going to help them temporarily the only way to completely solve your mental health issue of a headache is to sit down and meditate, meditate or pray or whatever you visualize and breathe air and or be mindful and clean some stuff, help someone out, sing a song, whatever you need to do in order to get that mental focus back into clarity and remember that we're all humans and we're all aiming for world peace 
and we're all aim, you know, eventually <laughs> we're we're getting there. We're all aiming for love and light and uh, ascension and um, allowance of darkness and shadow and allowance of bad behaviors or negative behaviors, so long as they don't go too far into the deep end of reality, which is some kind of uh, hellish karma, I guess. Yeah, I guess, you know, like so many prisons. God, it sucks. And then you think, well, sometimes your workplace feels like a prison in some ways, and if it does, you really need to talk with the manager or the boss or whoever's up ahead to give you some more space. Be like, I, you know can't work here if i don't get air every 20 minutes so i need to step out every 20 minutes uh can you allow that yeah yeah sure yeah you know whatever it's just the, the breaks those are just guidelines they're not real rules i yeah so i'm, I'm technically supposed to only take 30 minute breaks at my work 30 minute breaks eight hour shifts I get a third, I have to work, so that, you know, if I were to stay within ground rules, technically speaking, I would have to consistently be laboring for eight hours with one lunch break where I have to clock out. Thus, I have to stay at my workplace longer and then clock back in. So I don't really count that as a break. I would, I would, I would say that's um, that that's that's a dead zone for you know that's that's like well, but then I get technically speaking a thirty-minute break. I don't. I take. I take like a five hour, I take five hour breaks. I, I don't, I do at the minimum, the minimum, because I get paid the minimum. What, tell, I mean, the minimum would be $7.50, but who's, who would, I don't think anyone could possibly do that in this atmosphere. <laughs> Not here anyway. Not where I live, because it's, you know, fourteen, ten, twelve dollars or higher, or your work isn't worth it, and even that seems a little low. I was looking at Dr. Bronner's website, which is a co-op, cooperative uh, place of business where people get paid thirty dollars entry level, thirty dollars. Democratic business, democratic. The workers get a say in the matter. So if you're going to make a business, make it a co-op if you want to be more friendly and less of a ding-dong. But that's up to your prerogative, my friend. And also I would suggest at your work environment, don't tempt people with crappy like Slim Jims and chicken sandwiches and byproducts <laughs> or whatever, cheese pizza. Donuts. Don't bring in donuts every day. Because then you're going to vomit 
them or you know have you given them to the kids at wherever your work establishment you know like if you work at a coal factory or, or is, i heard like labor law the age of labor laws is like thinning i would say you know custodians are gonna have to clean up that vomit so you can you feed them some carrots and broccoli they're not gonna throw that up It's good for them. Tastes good. They only throw it up if they've never, you know, if they've like eaten French fries their entire life. I was, I once watched something like that. It was just a person. They ate French fries like every day. They would only eat French fries. It's like just potatoes, fried potatoes, pizza, and stuff. And so when the culture of veggie. Just the smell of it, just a smell of raw veggie makes them kind of gag a little bit. Uh, so you have to get used to that. So then you can down it. It's like medicine for me. Like when I, when I see it, I'm like, okay, it's going to suck, but then it'll be good. And so I like gnaw on it like medicine. Get these Chinese herbs, water, chrysanthemum, whatever. I put it all in there. And then I realize, okay, some plants are healthier than others. Wheat, probably the least healthy. But it provides the most calories, I think, of all the plants. Could be wrong about that, but correct me if I'm wrong. So then I, you know, I go, I shift maybe the gluten-free stuff. I think is a little tiny better. Especially if it's organic, there's got all kinds of flowers now. Rice flour, sorghum flour, so many delicious flowers, spelt, and they're only slightly better than wheat. So be careful, you know. I packed a salad. I'm gonna have to pack another one. Put like tofu, mix it up. Yeah, put a little olive oil in there. Hell yeah. Stop. I mean, it reminded me of Mario Batali. God, that guy was cool. Well, I bet he, I totally bet he goes vegan in the next 10 years or something. He needs it. He would be a great vegan. Oh, yeah, I would watch his vegan television show. I hope he invites me on his vegan television show because I would love to be on Mario Batali's vegan television show because he did it the authentic Italian way. So it would be interesting to see a vegan Mario Batali, authentic Italian way, which they put the flour on the table, and then the, instead of using the bowl, he didn't. He never used a bowl. He, he people would make fun of him for it. They'd be like, "Hey, why don't you ever use bowls? So grab a bowl. We have bowls now." And Mario was like, "Well, I'm just telling you how the Italians did it. That's the premise of the show." Be authentic. I don't know how. Can we play a little Mario Batali right now? Almost as famous for his brand of Italian cooking as he is for his orange Crocs, ponytail, and zip-up vests. But while you're sure to have seen him on the Food Network and the Chew, there's a lot you don't know about Mario Batali's sometimes sordid past. In October 2017, an employee lodged the first formal misconduct complaint against Batali. And according to Eater, in the following months, more people started coming forward with accusations of inappropriate behavior against the chef, both during and outside of work. One woman even claimed Batali cornered her in a small room. 
forcing her to climb over him to escape. And others called him a, quote, bully and generally an awful person. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, all right. Um, we'll just, you know, let's just put that, you know, to the side. Right, well, let's focus on the good that Mario Batali brought to the world. For a moment here, let's just remember the good. Forget all the, you know, carcinogens he served and whatever. Just remember the good of Mario Batali for a moment. My name is Mario Batali, and this is Multimario. I'm here with my good friends Mallory, Caitlin, and Alan today, and we're talking about La Cucina Toscana. More specifically, something we like to refer to as Fagioli is Love. Fagioli? That Michelangelo and Leonardo da Vinci and Joko were all born there. And the actual language of Italy is the Tuscan dialect. That's What a, what a informative chef Mario Batali was. Super informative while chefing it up. You know, I, I realize I like to talk to myself a lot because it allows me to program my mind in many ways. In terms of comedy, entertainment, information factors, and the dimensional frequency shifts we can all make if we uplift our consciousness to some kind of unity and bliss. Telepathy, maybe. Telepathy. <sighs> it's a 